ever will be. And you know it. With the tears in my eyes. The king is back, baby. Acknowledge me. Man, you guys, I cannot even put into words how much I love that new intro. It gets me yeah, amped to go. Fantastic. <laughs> love it. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday night. Welcome to episode 303 of Top Rope Nation. Ryan Drosty here, Jesse Velasquez, and rejoining the pod, making this trio, this new trio complete, Justin Joint back on the pod. Justin, I want to talk about what you have been up to here in just a second. But before we do, let me get to Jesse. Jesse, you were here with me last week. Your second official pod as a official full-time member of Top Rope Nation. How's your week been going? Everything's well. I'm a million times more excited for this one. Not necessarily because of the content that's behind it, but because the true third man is here. Well, I'm the yes. third man, but yes, the second man is in attendance. <laughs> I will happily go back to being the third man, Jesse. Second place is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's uh what's in the glass tonight jesse you got anything going i do i originally was not going to drink and then i realized i'm like well this is our first official trios show so i do have gin mixed in the glass with some sprite from the same company that i had with my uh malt whiskey or my my rye whiskey studio distilling ah, yes. also makes pretty sweet exhibition gin so check Very that out nice. as well did you say gin? Because yes, and yeah, I just had weird a gin and tonic, a very good gin and tonic at Mister Justin Joint's house the other night. A new drink he's been getting into. Uh, Justin, yeah. again, welcome back to town. Welcome back to Top Rope Nation. What's in your glass? And how has your last few weeks been? It's been a while since you've been on the flagship, sir. Yeah, it feels like it's been a long time. It's been a minute. Um, Last week, I was in northern Minnesota at Lake of the Woods on a uh, fishing trip with uh, my father-in-law and brother-in-law and wife, and we took the kids. Um, I did a lot of babysitting, if it's okay to call that when you watch your own kids, your own baby. Uh, I got seasick, which was not fun. But, you know, I've had it before. But this past week, I, I think I'm officially a gin guy now. Mm -hmm. uh, my my father-in-law is a big gin fan, and it, it felt like destiny after listening to your guys' podcast last week when I found out Jesse is a gin guy. Mm. Um, so naturally, I, you know, now that I'm becoming a gin guy, it's like, well, I got to get Ryan Droste to become a gin guy. <laughs> so when, when he came over, I, I got him some from the brand new bottle I bought. Um, and I was curious, Jesse, if you've ever had this, it, it's drum shambo gunpowder, Irish gin. No, I have not. Okay. I, it, you should be able to get it in your area. Cause I, I bought, well, my, uh, father-in-law gets his in Rosemount. So nice. Yeah. Um, highly recommend it. I think it's better than Hendrix, which I know a lot of people like Hendrix. Uh, but that is not what I'm drinking when I got back from Minnesota. The first thing I did was go to the liquor store to buy this gin. And when, when I got there, they were having samples. So I'm going to, of course, partake in some free samples of, of whiskey. Of course. And so I, I, I tried one and I'm talking to the guy. And normally I, I don't buy whatever they're offering for the free samples. But he said this, this whiskey is based out of Minnesota. 
So I was like, well, shit, once again, destiny strikes again. So the Jesse connection. Yes. I, I am drinking uh Watkins whiskey. Mm. It's a spiced orange. It's out of uh, Winona, Minnesota. Normally I am not into like the, the, the flavored gimmicks and gimmicks or vodkas, you know, anything like that. But I tried it and it kind of tastes like an old fashioned without all the ingredients. So mm. drinking Watkins in honor of, of Minnesota and our, in our new second man. A Southern whiskey in Northern Minnesota. That yeah. is a little odd to yeah. me. And that's like the extreme polar opposites of the earth in, in terms of the state of Minnesota. I'm surprised you didn't bring home either Castle Danger or what is the other big one up there? Bent Paddle. Yeah. I've never even heard of those ones. Oh. I've, had, I've had both of them. They're good. They're solid. Castle I, Danger I, is probably the best brewery in the state. Uh, I think at least. It, it's not minnesota related but i did go to the liquor store to load up on beer before we went up to the cabin up north and they actually had uh, a bunch of pipe works and uh, uh ninja vs unicorn uh ipas out of chicago so i had to buy some for the way up and for the way down on home because i can't get those around here and those are yeah. some damn good beers oh yeah you said that whiskey is from winona right yes yes there's another weird thing my sister-in-law went to winona state how about there that? There you go, man. Destiny. The triumvirate Destiny. is complete. <laughs> and my younger brother is also a graduate from Winona State. Oh, my. There you go. Mm. And growing up, I had a crush on Winona Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I promise we are going to talk pro wrestling, but we got we got to know what's in the glass. I got just the anti-hero solid IPA out of Chicago here from Revolution. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Real quick. What, what kind yeah. of gin do you say you were drinking, Jesse? Expedition? It's, it's studio distilling. It's their exhibition gin. Studio distilling. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'll see if we can find that around here. It, that's going to be tough. Really? Yes. Yeah, so what good. I can do is I could bring some to Chicago. I can either bring the gin or the whiskey Ooh. or both. I will leave that up to the two of you. There you go. Well, you know, I got to say, I think I talked about this on the pod last week, but we released some new t-shirts in the Top Rope Nation store, and uh, one of them says, whiskey drinking pro wrestling guys. The other one says, beer drinking pro wrestling guys. Now I'm going to have to make a gin drinking pro wrestling guy yeah. shirt, guys. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, GT, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to pick up some of this merch, you guys, we got the annual SummerSlam sale going on for the next five days. Uh, throughout the weekend, 20% off everything in the store. We got shirts, we got glasses, we got hats, we got hoodies, stickers, mugs, all kinds of stuff. If you go to topropenation.com, there is a link to the store there. And, and real quick, before we get to SummerSlam and previewing the card and predicting everything that's going to happen, Justin, you said you went fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I wanted to make sure this was you because some random number sent me a picture of you fishing. And I had to show it here on the video stream so that everyone could see. Was this from your fishing? Is <laughs> that? It looks like yeah, but yeah, that looks right. That looks that looks about right. <laughs> well, incentive for people to check out the video stream. A little Ernest P. Whirl, or who is that? It is Ernest. It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. It's so, also it's the one time that my <laughs> wife allows me to sport a mustache is on fishing trips. So you're kind of seeing the remnants of, you know, it's coming in at the bottom. But yeah, if you if you're on my Instagram page, there, there's some pretty horrifying pictures of me with a mustache. <laughs> 
Of course, you guys, we are streaming video, of course, on YouTube. Shout out to SE Scoop, streaming on the SE Scoop's YouTube channel right now. We're also streaming on Twitter, on Twitch, on Facebook, all over the place. I think there's six or seven streams going on right now. So if you're joining us live, we really, really appreciate that. If you're listening to the podcast feed, check us out live sometime every Thursday night, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. We go live, subscribe to the channels, and put the bell notification on so you know when we are live. And uh, if you want bonus content, patreon.com slash top rope nation. You saw the names go across the bottom here just a little bit ago. Shout out to the around 40 awesome Patreon members we have right now. New bonus show coming at you next week. Great American Bash 89. I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Jesse's got a bonus show coming up very soon as well. So there's good bonus content coming at you. And at the end of August, we'll have another edition of Classics coming through. So if you want to check it out, you can get a seven-day free trial. Again, it is patreon.com slash Nation. All right, everybody. So SummerSlam weekend. You know, probably I would say second biggest show of the year for WWE. Some would say Royal Rumble, but traditionally I've always looked at SummerSlam as number two. Kind of sets the stage for the fall before we get to WrestleMania season. And uh, I mean, we've been doing this pod since 2016. We've previewed a lot of SummerSlams, but not all of them. So before we get to this year's card, I wanted to go a little retro on you guys and ask you, some of your favorite SummerSlam moments, either a favorite SummerSlam event as a whole, a favorite SummerSlam match. I got one for you here to start off because it was exactly 26 years ago tonight, arguably the best finish mm. in a title match in the history of SummerSlam. You see it here on the screen when Bret Hart spat in the face. Sean Michaels and Sean swung as special referee that chair and Brett ducked. Sean took out the undertaker and Brett covered him to win his fifth WWF championship. By the way, we have covered that show on classics really early on. I think it was the second classics we ever did. If you want to check that out on the Patreon archives, but uh, I love that finish. I love the celebration afterwards. I really, really like the match as well. 1997 WWF is everybody knows is really near and dear to my heart justin joint some favorite SummerSlam memories the first image that will always come into my mind when i think SummerSlam is 91 brett with the icy title holding it up along with uh part of kurt henning's singlet you know draped over his shoulder uh, it, that was just such a big part of me becoming a fan in, in my um, expansion of wrestling knowledge of, of, of learning to love the art form more than just, you know, big guys with blonde hair and bald heads. And of course, Lord Al Hayes interrupting Stu Hart. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Can't finish that as well. Can't, cannot forget that as well. Couldn't finish a sentence. Stu Hart, poor Stu, poor Stu. Um, and then other than that, you know, as far as summer slams themselves, O2 is up there. Shawn Michaels, big return against triple H. Uh, followed by Brock Lesnar, you know, kind of crowning himself truly as the next big thing against The Rock. And I can't remember the year, but the kind of the doubleheader of Cena, uh, Brian, and then I believe that was the same one with Punk and Lesnar. Two just incredible yeah. matches. Was that 2012? 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Jesse, what about you? Justin took my top two, probably. 
I would definitely say 02 and 13, they're most memorable. Mm. I actually enjoyed Orton's main event win. I think it was 03. Might have been 04. It was 04, actually, against mm-hmm. Redacted. Mm. Yes. He, he became the youngest WWE champion ever. You guys covered 92 last year, Heart Bulldog. I mean, that's extremely memorable. And Davey was fooked. Who would have thought? And <laughs> so that was a big moment. I was at SummerSlam 99, not really a memorable card per se. I was a I was a little surprised at the title change, not because of the title change, but because of the person who won it. I was 100% convinced that Triple H was going to walk out that night the WWF champion, and then he goes to Iowa the next night and wins it on Raw. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 98... Go ahead. I'm sorry. That that was Austin kind of refusing to lose to him, right? But he said he'd put it on Foley, who and then in turn would hand it off to Triple H. That is correct. Our governor was the official or the referee for that evening, Jesse. The I remember all the controversy Tara. about that. My yeah. God, he's lowering himself to be at this WWF show. The guy who <laughs> used to be in the WWF. How could he? Uh, yeah. Billy Gunn singles career was pretty much dead on arrival. After that match was over, mm-hmm. we had that. Just trying to think if there's anything else. And if, I've been going through 1998, so I'm really anxious to check out SummerSlam 98. Once again, Highway to Hell, there was Triple H Rock. Very good ladder match. Austin Undertaker, I think the the feud was, it was a really long build. It was really close to two, three months. It actually started at the very end of Over the Edge and is going to leak into the SummerSlam piece. So yeah, those are quite a few memories. I'd say SummerSlam '98. Um, just I the the promos for that, the Highway yeah. to Hell, is probably my all time favorite media campaign for a SummerSlam. That video was awesome that they put together. Uh, I got I got a shout out SummerSlam '94, of course, Brett Owen in the cage at the United Center. That's a top moment for me as well. But yeah, I think we've I think '02 is still my favorite top to bottom SummerSlam. I would have to say, uh, but I think we hit all of them. You know, hopefully that gets us in the mood to talk about this year's SummerSlam. Maybe our anticipation, not quite as high as it was for some of those. Uh, But we have been talking a lot of AEW on the program recently. So I said last week we would go more heavy on WWE this week. That doesn't mean there's not going to be AEW discussion because there will be at the end. But we're going to hit SummerSlam first. And I think when we look at this card, we should just start with the biggest match right away. All right. So Roman Reigns. Jay Uso for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. Two of the three belts here. Um, odds that Jay Uso has any chance of winning here, Jesse? Slim to none. Yeah, I agree. It it really is. It's not not through fault of his own. The way the story has been constructed is really it's been great. The whole bloodline as a whole. However, there's that middle. And the the big issue is, and I mentioned it la, right after Money in the Bank when we were on, Ryan, I was talking about Jey Uso and his singles run over the course of the last three years and how non-existent it's been. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help. doesn't help whatsoever. So I think for him to get the win over, to him to get the pinfall over Roman is his going to be his shining and crowning moment. I just can't see him being the flag bearer for the company moving forward. So I'm putting a really, really low for him to win on saturday yeah it's it's kind of hard to imagine him getting two wins against roman you know like the fact that he did get that pinfall win in the tag match like leads me to believe that that's it for him 
you know, and mm-hmm. they'll move on to something else after this. It does make sense, you know, telling the story of the bloodline that Jey Uso could, you know, win the title. I, if it happened, it would be logical. I don't think it's very likely at all, but it would be logical, especially when you look at everything that's happened where they didn't go with Cody and they didn't go with Sammy. They didn't go with Drew McIntyre last year. And it's just like, there's really nobody else to beat him. So if he's retaining here, I think he's going to have the title still for quite some time and not be dropping it anytime soon. But yeah, I think in their minds, probably they don't see Jey Uso right now as a singles champion to that level. And so I don't think that he is going to capture the championship on Saturday night. Justin, what do you think? Don't you guys think it it just would look weird as, as him as the world champion? Just, Yes. Does I mean you guys have already pointed out his, his singles career has has been poor this past year, um, and it would be especially weird putting the title on him after you know not doing it with Sami Zayn when they seem to have a great opportunity and again with Cody at WrestleMania, as you guys have already once again pointed out, uh, storyline just just storyline it really makes sense for Jey Uso to win that kind of completes this story full circle going back to 2020 hell in the cell uh and even a little bit prior to that but I just you know he's not a a main event guy even if they try to tell us that with his moniker uh I just can't see the the company wanting him to be the face of WWE Uh, so I agree with you guys slim to none chance that Jay walks out as champion. His character arc, I think, has been the most compelling for the, through this entire Bloodline story. I will give it that, even though Sami Zayn, once he interjected himself back in uh, 21, no, 22, April of 22, that's kind of when Jey Uso and Sami, when they tangled, they, they were the ones I felt that were carrying that entire Bloodline story. Mm-hmm. Roman wasn't necessarily, he was just the background guy, but Sammy and Jay were clamoring for Roman's attention. So again, Jay's character says, yes, he should be in this position. There's just the muddy middle where Jay was teaming with Jimmy and they were dominating the tag team scene. So there's a lot left to be desired. There's more meat on the bone to go off into the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels singles arc where goes on a run for a year, year and a half, wins a secondary championship, and then moves forward. Yeah. How, how are you guys feeling about the bloodline storyline? Like, in, do you, I mean, can they keep going forward after this? I mean, unless in my head, at least I should say my hope was that they would have been able to like bring in the gorillas of destiny to come in and help reigns, you know, win here and then go forward with kind of a new version of the bloodline, but I, that's not in the cards. It's gotten a little, a little redundant to me more so with the matches. You know, I fully expect this match to go 30 minutes with a ref bump where Jay has Roman pinned, but alas, there's nobody there mm-hmm. to make the count. And then eventually solo will interfere and Roman will get the the win. Yeah. I mean, for how long does this go on? It's the solo Sokoa show next, you know, dragging that out and his eventual split and match with Roman, I think is, is the next arc that they can drag out for several months. So I I think there's a lot of meat left on the bone here to quote you, Jesse, you think? 
you can push it to the end of the year. And like you said, it's going to be a lot of solo Sokoa. Unless, like I said, if Jey Uso can come back around, start going on a singles run as soon as he loses this match. And I guess there's the biggest question. We haven't mentioned Jimmy whatsoever. If does he interject? Does he what type of role does he play in this match or does he completely stay out of it? Do we see The Rock on Saturday night? That's another thing people have been talking about. You know, with, with the Hollywood what's going strike? on in Hollywood. He's he's got extra time. They've been teasing it on TV. You know, uh is that Grayson Waller teasing the, the people's elbow and then Rock was or uh sorry, Roman was laughing it up all about that. Yeah, I think it's possible. I wouldn't be shocked to see him. What do you guys think? Sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> be exciting. I, 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 no, I, could, I mean, I don't really care unless we're going to get a match. Yeah. The, yeah, the ultimate promise that WWE has yet to deliver the tease for Roman and rock. I'm, I, I wouldn't put any money on that match ever happening to be honest with you, but agree. Will yeah. be hilarious is if, if it does happen rhetorically, he it's survivor series 23 and he was supposed to show up at Survivor Series 21 in its 25th anniversary, and he never did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember a thumbnail for that show on, uh, on YouTube was like Roman walking up the aisle, and there was this big sign, and I just erased the text on there, and I wrote something like, where the hell is Rock, or something like that. Yeah, everyone was like, what? Where's he at? He teased this for how many weeks? They built the show around this, and he's not even there. He could be there Saturday night. We'll see. But yeah, I think Roman retains that all around is, is the obvious pick. What about Cody? We, we talked about Cody Rhodes here. And we can also mention and talk about if you guys have seen that. I haven't even asked you if you've seen the documentary yet or not. So we can bring that into discussion here in a second. But Cody and Brock Lesnar, many people thought that this was going to have a stipulation. Um, I know at one point in time, there was a mention of a, maybe it being a dog collar match backstage. And that was quickly squashed because they didn't think they actually needed a stipulation on this match at all. And so it's going to be a straight up match between the two. We know that they are one and one. So here we are, the rubber match. Uh, Justin, who goes over and why? I mean, if it's not Cody Rhodes, then I, I just don't know what the hell they're doing, especially with that <laughs> dot coming yeah. out right now. Yeah. I mean, he's already not looked very strong in both matches. Even the one he won where he just, you, you know, as you've said, Ryan, the banana peel finish where, hey, look at I just accidentally got a win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah you got to keep building Cody because to me, he's almost at this point your only option to be the one to take the title off of Roman Reigns down the road. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think it's got to be Cody. It'd be so weird for Brock to win, which kind of tells me it probably will be. Oh, God, that would be so bleak. I hope not. I hope not, Jesse. What do you think? Cody has looked so weak these last four months by comparison. I mean, everybody kind of looks inferior to Brock Lesnar when they're up against him. We're looking at with that. What would that be? Eight year run where he was in the just tried out for the Vikings, went to the UFC and came back. So we're looking at 12 to 13 years of Brock Lesnar. Just just steamrolling opponents. Mm hmm. With Cody, he needs to look extremely strong in this match. I'm saying like fi- like 50-50 on the offensive side of things. Because if he doesn't, like you just pointed out, Justin, I already think his character in a way to us, this is us. Because we're, I feel we're extremely educated fans. There are some out there that are still, they haven't been jaded by the WWE just yet. I don't know how you haven't. But <laughs> if you haven't, 
Cody, he needs to look extremely strong. He he needs to have that quality over the top win over Brock Lesnar because again he snuck it out at at Backlash. Night of Champions just got taken to the woodshed. It's otherwise we're back to square one again where Roman has nobody to face off with. Gunther is the only person, and that's not going to be for a while. And you need and one that, of them. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and that dynamic doesn't work right now with them both being basically your top two heels in the entire company. Exactly. So, Cody, I'm going to predict him going over. Here's, a, I think, a pretty easy prediction. Brock Lesnar shows up to Raw on Monday night since it's in Minneapolis, does something really stupid, and he gets suspended. <laughs> and we won't see it. him until January. I love it. Perfect. Yeah, I see. I see that. Yeah, it, it makes no sense for Cody to not win here. He has to win. As I said, it'd be very bleak if he lost because Brock doesn't need to win this match. It does nothing for him to win. He can always come back and get title shots and well, not against Roman, but he can get title shots usually. Uh, and, you know, on the other side, Cody, he loses here. As you guys said, he's looked weak. He had the pass out finish. Yeah, he had the banana peel finish. Uh, but I mean, he lost to Roman, killed that momentum there. I still think that was the wrong move. Still, th- all these months later, I still think that that was the wrong move. He has to win. We've we've got to start building him back up because, as you said, Justin, he is really, other than going through the only guy who would make sense to beat Roman right now, they're not even on the same brand. So you would have to have him go back to back in the Royal Rumble to get there, I guess. But they can get there somehow or come up with some other stipulation but yeah, I, I'm picking Cody because it would be totally illogical for him to lose. If he does, uh, social media is going to be pretty entertaining on Saturday night. I will say um, that. How have you guys enjoyed the the story of this feud? Because I, I got on Twitter, or X as it's called now, and according to some WWE fans, it, it's very layered. There's layers no. to this story. I don't think so. No, because because <laughs> they've never really we, told us why that we don't thing yeah, happened on Raw at the beginning. I mean, Brock Brock Lesnar turned heel to beat up Cody, which basically took Cody off of Roman's plate, and yeah. Roman is essentially Lesnar's you know blood feud opponent, and we never got any kind of explanation. Too many layers. We got lost in the layers, Justin. <laughs> and is there a stipulation where Brock can't challenge Roman for a championship or not? For his, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that too. So again, it nothing makes sense here. Like I, I posted that joke, I think, to you guys about, or maybe it was just Ryan, how I think Brock, maybe his interpretation was he was disappointed he wasn't main eventing this year. So that's the big reason why he jumped Cody. He's like, I should have been the main event with Omos. <laughs> Now, totally illogical. Totally illogical. <laughs> in in WWE's defense, has there ever been a good Brock storyline? I mean, it's it's basically the same thing every time. Yeah, you'd have to go way back. For has sure, Sable right? been ever involved in any of these storylines? Nope, not that I'm aware of. Okay, so you're right. There really is nothing because I mean, like. The closest is almost was his crisis of confidence when Goldberg killed him, you know, and going into yeah. WrestleMania 33. I mean, that was just about the closest he's ever come to any kind of story. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen the Cody doc? Yeah. 
I have not like yet. It? Okay. Did you like it, Justin? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I thought it was I mean, pretty good. Yeah, it, it was fine. <laughs> I I didn't. I know you're really looking forward to seeing it, weren't you? Yeah. Um, I was I was really thrown off by all the desert stuff. That was really cheesy to me. Like going um, through its career and finding the objects and stuff. Yeah, yeah. that that just it looked bad. It looked cheap. And I, I just thought some of the AEW stuff was weird when he's talking about like, all right, I'm going to tell you something and don't edit this. In fact, don't even edit this part. The reason why I left it was personal reasons, not money. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I mean, don't we already kind of knew that, dude. And also, yeah. you're not really telling us anything. Yeah. Fucking carny. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I agree that the desert stuff is pretty strange. It was overall it was like a WWE doc. They tell you the narrative that, you know, they are want to sell even with the AEW thing. Um, Cody definitely, I was kind of thinking to myself as we watch this, because we've talked about how like one of the problems in AEW is he, he came across almost too polished and the crowd turned on him for that reason. Mm-hmm. And then we've talked about how in WWE, that's not an issue really. Um, I don't know that he's really bullshitting. Like even when he's done the media scrums, he does come across that way. I honestly think he's just like a super well-spoken guy. Like a politician. I don't think he's bullshitting. I think he's being like like, heartfelt, but like it comes across that way because he is such a good speaker, like in comparison to most people in the wrestling industry. I Mm -hmm. think he's, I think when he's talking, he is saying what he truly believes. I don't think he's really bullshitting people, but he definitely has that image and it came across in the documentary too. Um, you know, they, they told the story about finishing the story and the title that his dad didn't have, but like, I kept thinking to myself as they went into that, it just was bothering me. And this is WWE booking, but it's like that title doesn't even frigging exist anymore. Yeah. Like they, the, the company's title no longer exists. They created a new world championship. That championship is not even referenced in the name of the one Roman has now is the undisputed universal championship, another belt that they created. So the belt like is, you know, he had the two belts, I guess he still has them, but then they created this new gold belt for Roman to have. So like that belt doesn't even exist anymore. There is no WWE championship really mm-hmm. in the lineage. That lineage anymore. is broken. Yeah, I agree. They've totally fucked up the whole thing. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, okay, I guess you go after Roman and that's what you're talking about, but it was it was also I guess who am I to talk about this? It's his father and stuff. I mean, some of this is storyline and how they built up the angle and stuff, mm-hmm. but like Dusty wasn't a WWF guy. Of course he wasn't the WWF champion. Yeah. I mean, he was in Dusty's mind, he had the real world title. You know, when he was a huge, huge star NWA champion, that was the belt for how many decades? Absolutely. And yeah, I mean the thing where he held up the title belt, but he didn't get it. I mean, that, yeah, it's the that's the plan finish that they had. I don't think that was really much of a personal grudge for him. But yeah, when he finally came over to the WWF, the polka dots thing and stuff, they never really treated him like he should have been treated. Obviously, I mean, they made jokes about the guy when he wasn't in the company. Now, years later, yes, he was he he was a really important part of the NXT and Performance Center system, and that's where he finally got his due. But like while he was in the wrestling business, it would have never made sense for him to be WWF champion because he wasn't a WWF guy. That was actually, speaking of Dusty, that was my favorite part of the doc when it comes to Cody talking about, you know, Dusty and NXT having all of his NXT kids, Mm -hmm. you know, where he, he's teaching all these uh, wrestlers 
how to be a professional, how, how to be a professional wrestler and how that just really rubbed him the wrong way. And when he came back, you know, to face Rollins, who was a, you know, a dusty kid and all that kind of stuff and how, you know, he kind of took that stuff to heart, you know, that's really bothered him. And he had something to prove with that. I, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. I still think this is a huge reason why Cody should have won the world championship at WrestleMania was Roman is not necessarily a corporate person. You notice in a lot of these interviews, Paul Heyman's by his side and doing a good chunk of the talking. I mean, Roman's done a fantastic job for with being within himself and kind of in character when he's on the talk show circuit. But if you want a politician like a Cody Rhodes to represent your company, I think he is the perfect person to have as your WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. And strike while he the irons best in the company. can't do yeah. it anymore. <laughs> he undoubtedly is the best ambassador on the active roster right now. Like, no question about it to do the media rounds, for sure. And yeah, I agree with you. As I said earlier, they should have done it. I still think it was a bad decision. They can get there eventually, and they can do the rematch, but I just think it would have been better to do it while he was super hot going into this year's WrestleMania, not have to rebuild him up to do the exact same thing we already did. That's kind of where I'm at. What do you guys think of... Uh, Hunter's comment about AEW and the secondary promotion thing that everyone was talking about. I mean, technically he's right. I mean, AEW isn't on the level of WWE. I mean, so it kind of is what it is. He's going to take his shots, but whatever. I know, I know which company's number one to me. (laughs) Of course he wasn't going to be the world champion either because he took himself out of that with the stipulation Mm -hmm. early on, which I think was dumb and they shouldn't have done that while he was in AEW and he really, but that was on Cody. That story, like, yeah, he did. Himself. That was his decision. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to hold true to that story, Jesse. Four hundred and ten million dollars earned in quarter two from the WWE. They are definitely the number one fiscal promotion. Dollars talk. So even though most of our dollars aren't necessarily going into world wrestling entertainment these days, we're in the minority when it comes to the pro wrestling world. Yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody in their right mind would say AW is the number one wrestling promotion in the world because they're not. They they haven't been around as long. They don't draw as much money. They don't have as big of an audience. The only way you could say they're the number one pre- promotion would be creatively and uh, the actual quality of the television shows as a critic. You know, that's the only way they're number one to you. But by any measure, they're not. They're just not. So, I mean, I didn't really have that big of a problem with it. People no. get their you know, pants and a bunch over stuff like this. Like, dude, of course he put, he, he's an executive for the WWE. What do you think he's going to say? So, and of course he can't help himself. Hunter's always going to say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, T- Tony Khan's going to retort right back too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. You mentioned Seth Rollins, Justin, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. What do we think's happening here? Jesse. Seth's going to retain. Seven years after the fact, I don't really have a logical reason why I know Damian Priest is lurking in the background looking to cash in at some point in time where the judgment date goes is anybody's guess because you have two of them, two of the four running around with championships. Both of them are not on this card. Dom, for obvious reasons, he's the NXT North American champion, but I'm sure we'll get into Rhea Ripley and the and the women's issue a little bit later. Mm-hmm. I, I think right now, since this... World Championship is still being established. We're not even three full months in with it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good idea to have Seth run with it. And if they do 
which heaven forbid that they do this champion versus champion at Survivor Series. I think a Seth versus Roman match is probably going to be the probably the most marketable and the highest quality out of anyone. I don't think you want to see a Roman Reigns, Damian Priest. It won't be like what a Rome not wouldn't be like what a Jinder Mahal, Brock Lesnar would have been. Heaven forbid if uh, AJ hadn't they thankfully hadn't turned that way, but. I mean, it just looks better on paper to have Seth as your champion. What do you think, Justin? Your boy Finn Balor going to get it done? Uh, he's not my boy anymore. <laughs> um, I agree with Jesse. As far as you're trying to establish a new world championship, and in order to do that, it'd be a little weird to take it off of your champion right away. Uh, unless, you're, unless you want to try and counterbalance Roman's thousand plus day you know title reign with a title that maybe hops around a little bit kind of like you know the tnt title on AEW. you know their their world championship they have long reigns so to spice up weekly television you have the other title that jumps around a little bit mm-hmm. and maybe they have that in the back of their head i don't think that's you know what they're going to do i think it's going to be seth but i think going forward what would make for more interesting television would be for Finn to have the world title with, with, you know, his buddy and stable mate priest there lurking with the money in the bank. Uh, I, I just don't see that happening. And I guess the other part of it is like, it finally feels like judgment day has real momentum as a stable right now. I mean, you have the best, heel and all of professionaling and dirty Dom, you know, <laughs> you know, Rhea is one of the best women's wrestlers in the entire world. Uh, not on the card. So I just think it would be a bad look for that team. If, you know, they walk out of SummerSlam empty handed. Yeah, I, I agree with some of what both of you said. Uh, first of all, I don't think the title is going to change hands here. I think they're going to continue telling the story that you know balor is jealous of everyone else in the judgment day because everyone else has something whether it's the money in the Mm -hmm. bank title whether it's the nxt north american title whether it's uh ria happen having the women's title so for that reason i don't think anything's going to happen with a cash in and i don't think that finn's going to win so it's going to be the same dynamic coming out of this and they'll continue to you know lay that storyline down that he's the only one that doesn't have anything and eventually that jealousy is gonna maybe lead to a breakup and then Finn splitting off, or you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't think the titles changed hands here, Justin. I've got a, a question for you two. Do we think Damian Priest is gonna end up as world champion with a cash in? Mm. Can you see him beating? I mean, obviously not Reigns. That would be really weird. But I mean, beating Rollins or somebody, you know, beating the person who beats Rollins. Um, I just don't kind of like with Jay Uso, he just doesn't strike me as, you know, world champion. And I'm a fan. I, I love punishment Martinez. Um, but as of right now, I don't see it. Even as a transitional champion. Yeah. It, I, it would have to be like almost a misrain or a try well, to think, but to what we're ball. talking about, doesn't that kind of dilute the championship right away, especially if it's this new world heavyweight championship. You just don't want it jumping around, especially with a cash in. 
I agree there. I actually think having Finn win it would dilute the title a little bit. And the reasons behind it are he hasn't won anything really of substance since Survivor Series of last year. He he won at Extreme Rules against Edge in that 4.5 star classic. And he ended up defeating AJ Styles in the on the next PLE, but after that, they haven't he hasn't won anything. So wait, yeah. you think it was a bad look for him as the demon to lose to Edge at WrestleMania and then to have <laughs> Edge basically disappear from television for months? Who knew? That was that was bad. Layers, huh. Justin. Layers. Huh. Layers. Weird. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Not ideal in my mind, but. Oh, so Ryan, do you, do you think, I mean, is Damian Priest going to be world champ? No. I mean, obviously being on Raw makes it a little more likely, but I yeah. don't think so. I don't think so. I think they drag this out for a while. He keeps the briefcase to keep him relevant to build up that storyline Judgment Day. But in the end, I don't, nah, I don't think so. I, I think it's. I think what it's going to end up being is SummerSlam. Somehow, Damian Priest trying to cash in makes Finn Balor lose. He doesn't successfully cash in. Still holds on to the the briefcase. Then in in the next month, maybe at Payback, uh, he tries cashing in, and Finn Balor, to to Ryan's point, out of jealousy and whatnot, interferes, costs him his his official cash in, and. We don't actually have, see him win the title. That and that would lead into which is that's the other kind of the weird thing with Judgment Day finally having momentum is I, I think that leads to the semi breakup or at least with one of those two leaving the faction. Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. Looking at the lay of the land on Raw, it would make make the most sense for Gunther to be the guy to to beat Seth uh, when you look at who's strong out there. So yeah, we'll see, but I don't see it. I don't see it happening. All right. Uh, let's talk about Gunther. I see mm. title match. Mm. Drew McIntyre. Uh, you know, because of the fact that he is so close to breaking honky's record here, 35 just, days, yeah, 35 days. They can't have him lose. There's no way he's losing here. This is an easy pick, Gunther. Justin, I mean, he's got the day count ready. He's ready for Honky to go down. September 7th, the <laughs> Thursday. I love how you have this ready. Amazing. Five weeks from today. It's the only thing that matters in professional wrestling. We must break Honky Tonk's IC <laughs> title record. Come on, Gunther. That's right. You hear that, Liam O'Rourke? The Elvis impersonator is going down. It ain't happening no more. <laughs> and that, and that's that hold a, the record. It's going to be like five days after payback. So that, you know, they're going to be able to build in a little drama in there. The weird mm -hmm. thing is, is that essentially when he breaks it, it's going to be SmackDown. So I don't know if it's not like WWE to, to cross streams with their brand. So I can't <laughs> imagine they bring him over <laughs> to celebrate. Yeah. Heaven forbid. Absolutely. Yeah, Gun Gunther has been the best thing going, I think, mm -hmm. just from an in-ring perspective and all the quality matches that he's been able to produce mm -hmm. with all different shapes and sizes of guys in the roster. It's just been awesome to watch. It's been so refreshing. It, it, it brings a little bit of that throwback pro wrestling style that is much needed. It needs to be injected into world wrestling entertainment from time to time. So this is nothing against Drew McIntyre. He's just getting back 
I, I think for him to be just taking these few months off, and I th- think he was just that they just gave him time off just to rest. He had some injuries, but they really weren't enough to require surgery. But hey, thankfully, maybe he got some paid vacation out of it. Good for him. And it also left us with the controversy of him thinking he might leave to go to All Elite Wrestling when the time the time's a year's over. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows where that's going to go? But Gunther should one hundred percent retain. And I guess the larger question is, who does he lose it to and win? Yes, that I I've been racking my brain all day trying to think of an an, an answer to that question and. I don't know. Did we get a tease of who's going to be the one on Monday? I mean, could it be Gable down the road? Because I do think 100% Gunther's going to break Honky Tonk Man's record. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I need that to happen. I, there's just no way Drew's going to do it. It's, he's not interesting as a champion right now. Um, and, you know, and unlike previous times when it was obvious WWE was just looking to break a record, like, you know, when the New Day did it, when they broke Demolition's record, their reign had gotten kind of stale. And it, and it was starting to drag a little bit. And it was really obvious that this is all they're doing. Gunther's reign does not feel even remotely stale right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see this going for quite a while. Yeah. David said in the chat, Montez Ford. What do you think about that? Oh, I like that a lot. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, has he been to build him up a bit? But recently, that's the thing, Ryan. You got to build Montez Ford up. It's time Mm -hmm. to split them off. I think this is something similar to what I I saw from NXT on Tuesday night, where Trick Williams is breaking off from Carmelo Hayes, where it's almost but and it was kept it mutual. There wasn't any type of heel turn involved or nothing of sorts. Where I think Apollo, not Apollo. Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford should do the same thing for a little while. Yeah, there Let's had been Montez some talk of him going run. heel, Montez going heel. I, I don't really like that right now. Yeah, Doesn't I agree with you. roster have enough heels as it is? Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much like all they have. Yeah. Yeah, Seth is like it from a baby, baby face perspective, I think, on, on Raw. There really mm-hmm. isn't much else. You You mentioned Chad Gable. I think it's... Uh, as great of an in-ring technician as he is, and I, gosh, I really enjoy watching his matches. His shoosh gimmick is a little, uh, it's just not there. It, it, it's not a title-worthy gimmick. No. I mean, the guy can go in the ring. He always has been able to. It's just been the creative around him. So, I mean, he's getting a renewed push here. I. I don't know. I agree with you guys. I think it's going to be a while before anything happens. I do have to say, if for some reason Gunther does not beat Honky's record, we need to set up a live stream where Justin Joint just does a live watch along to like every single available Honky Tonk Man championship match while he drinks bourbon all night long. That'll do the views. And gouge out my eyeballs. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Even the way he loses it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, anyways, second right. loss to the Warrior. Yes. Yep. But then it's the Warrior, so I don't know if Justin would even get into that. Well, yeah. I mean, as a kid, Talk you that you too. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Warrior War. That's a whole other topic. Got to rename that thing too. Um. All right. So 
lot of non-title changes here. Let's talk about another championship match. Uh, the the women's championship match with Asuka defending against Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair. So I guess I'll go with the wild card in this one and I'll say that we do see a cash in here with Eosky because the rest of this card does seem extremely predictable with no titles changing hands. I'll say that she cashes in um, boy, it's either going to be, I I could almost see him like moving it to Charlotte briefly. So she gets another title rain on rain, you know, on her belt, on her notch, that one number 15 or whatever it would be just so she can drop it immediately to EO sky on the cash in. I could see that. Um, yep. <laughs> Justin, not loving that one. But uh, I, I do think I'm going to go with the EO Sky cash in, though. I am going to go with the, with the title change eventually. And just because of Justin's reaction, I'm going to say Charlotte wins it and immediately drops it to EO Sky. <laughs> oh, what do you think, Justin? I mean, I think you're right. <clears throat> uh, I hope you're wrong about the Charlotte part of it. But I mean, talk about butchering somebody's momentum. You know, this Oscar title reign has been yep. a dud, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it felt in the moment her beating Bianca, it felt kind of necessary and fresh and it's just fallen on its face ever since then. And that's not like WWE to, to, to slip on something like that and, you know, butcher <laughs> a character like that. So sarcasm that, is just coming out of your pores tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's just been a bystander here. I mean, the feud is like yeah. Charlotte and Bianca, and she's just there. Exactly. So it, it, I think one way or another, the title's coming off of her at this show, and it feels too soon to go back to Bianca. Charlotte is utterly uninteresting to me as a world champion right now. Um, so I like your idea. I think it's a cash-in. Jesse, what do you think? They had it made with Asuka versus Io. How great of a match that would have been. Yeah. Do that at SummerSlam instead of, again, I think Justin hit on every key point I was going to and just how. Look at the difference in title, shorter title reigns between Asuka, who won it at Night of Champions, and Tony Storm, who won the AEW Women's Championship a day later at Double or Nothing. And who just dropped it last night? Tony Storm had some pretty solid matches, and mm-hmm. I it almost was a little abrupt that she lost the championship last night. Granted, it was to a quality opponent, but in this case, all don't get me wrong, Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair are arguably they're probably two of the three, maybe two of the four most quality women's performers on the roster, but to have them. It's just it just something doesn't feel right about either of them being in this match. There hasn't this has definitely been the worst built match on the card, I think, by a country mile. Mm-hmm. So I gotta go Charlotte Flair here as well. I'll have her win for the fifteenth time. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have her hold it. I I think Ugh. I know. I uh, trust me. I, I'm cringing too. But we haven't had really anything that where we've said this is a WWE move, and we're and we're cringing because of it. 
So I think this is going to be that one cringeworthy moment. And with EO's money in the bank briefcase right now, I believe she's already lost a couple of matches holding it. It's like, nice job elevating your briefcase winner. That's something that the World Wrestling Entertainment wouldn't do either. <laughs> well, this women's title did get on, on the show. Um, we don't have Rhea Ripley wrestling on this show. We don't Dang. have the Trish Stratus-Becky Lynch match they were building up on this show either because they're going to do that one in winnipeg in a couple of weeks instead i know they're not too happy about that nor should they be apparently the decision about that was that they want to something we've been talking about for years they want to keep the shows tighter now and so they cut that match i'm not sure they cut the correct match but that's what they cut instead they do have ronda rousey and Shayna baszler on the card and i think probably they're thinking with this is ronda's on her way out so her being a big name, they want to get her on one more big show. Uh, apparently the split up was like her idea because she's wanting to leave uh, with the tag team that, you know, they did that uh, money in the bank kind of came out of nowhere. It was not particularly well done because it kind of seemed like they were trying to get Rhonda over as a baby face the way it was done. But instead, they've been leaning now into Shayna being the baby face and, you know, that she's been slighted all these years by Rhonda. And I will say the video they put together was pretty good talking about living at Rhonda's house. And, Agree. you know, they she was just there to spar with her and all of that. So that that's pretty effective. So, I mean, personally, if I'm looking at putting this on the show or Becky and Trish, and I'm not saying that that was the decision they were making, but if it was, I still would have gone with Becky and Trish. But I, I understand the rationale with uh, with Ronda on the way out. And uh, Shayna Baszler obviously has to win this match. No other no other way to do this, Justin. Agree. In fact, I think if I would have, if you had to get rid of a women's match, I would have gotten rid of the triple threat and kept Trish, Trish and, and Becky and... and because at least that's got a story going, and this one's got a story going, which I am not a Ronda fan, uh, but this has a decent story. You know, to mm -hmm. your point, Ryan, that that video package, I mean, probably does a lot of the heavy lifting, uh, but it's good. And it's, they it's could build a raw. I mean, they could they could build a raw around it. It's, it is a good story. True. They yeah, could yeah, build yeah. it up as a Absolutely. women's main event for sure. But yeah, I agree with you. Like the, as I said, the video package was really well done. And uh, it's it's been effective in the build. I do think, though, if you cut that other match and you had zero women's title matches on SummerSlam, people would have had a fit about it on the flip side. What do you think, Jesse? This would have been a women's match of the year candidate in 2018. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It had been so good. Fortunate the circumstances. You have to go, Shana, here for the reasons you mentioned, because otherwise, yeah, this this wouldn't even be on the card which I mentioned on our Money in the Bank post-show and how they're really doing... Triple H has done something really well here about cutting it, cutting the cards down to NXT sizes, maybe like an extra match or two. But yeah, keeping every everything concise and giving the the better stories the, the follow-through on these matches in the PLE. So I'll, I'll keep it unanimous across the board just because Ronda's going to pack it up and she might not come back. I didn't pick anybody. Uh, I, I'm actually going to go Ronda because I think they can drag this out a little bit longer. If you want to hammer home her being a heel and, and really get Shayna over, ha, you know, because this isn't quote unquote MMA fight. Mm -hmm. You have Ronda cheat, do something shitty, and, and you try and at least get one more match out of this. Build a something else to really get Shayna over. Okay. 
once she leaves this scenario, so I I like that direction, Justin. If she when she leaves this scenario and Shayna does ultimately prevail, then you have to get her back near that title picture. Mm-hmm. Have her run with it for once. They dropped another drop ball. Get out of here. The elimination chamber where she just absolutely destroyed the entire field, produced extremely well, and then goes to WrestleMania and shockingly lose to Becky. And Becky is pregnant a month or two later, and the title's handed over to Asuka. <laughs> Hand it over to Shayna if you're going to hand it over to somebody. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Oh. Again, layers. Layers. <laughs> Uh, WWE fans, do you hear what we're saying right now? <laughs> it's, it's it's as simple. This is A plus B equals blank, and it just all this stuff just does not make sense. Just make it make sense. That's all. That's all we ask as pro wrestling fans or sports entertainment fans. Yep. Ricochet, Logan Paul. Well. I'll just say that Logan Paul hasn't won a match in like a year. I think it was at SummerSlam last year against The Miz. Uh, I think that was his last actual victory. You know, he comes in as a special attraction, but he is a big star. The fans get into everything he does. They're finally pushing his character in the proper way, I would say now, with him healing it up. Um, So I got to go with Logan Paul. You know, Ricochet is a guy who they've never, I mean, they've cemented him in as a mid-carder. He's always going to be in that slot. Um, And I don't think losing here hurts him because I don't think they have anything particularly big planned for him. So I got to go with Logan Paul. I think it's the only way to go in this one as well, Jesse. Yep. Yeah, he hasn't won anything of circumstance at all in the last year. And he's been in some super high-profile matches. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. Yeah. So I... I'm secretly hoping they don't try to go ricochet Will Ospreay best of super juniors on this. And it just turns into like a three minute flip fiasco in the very beginning. Then they try to slow it down for about five minutes. And then it goes back to another five, 10 minutes of flipping before Logan gets the victory. I just well, some of those, some happen. of those bad faith, uh, Twitter X, whatever accounts that are always talking about how AEW is the flippy promotion. They'll have a fit. If that happens, they will know what to do. It'll be identity crisis time. And I, I'm not going to lie. I loved those matches. Ricochet yeah, and Will Ospreay. I mean, I, I'm a fan of like the, the technicality, the high flying, the, all of it. Anything with stories, all of it as, as long as, yeah, as long as there's a story within the match, with Ricochet and Will Ospreay, it was simple. It's just like, who who's the most athletic? Let's just go out and have it. So that's kind of what they're going to try to pull here. Yeah, Logan Paul's going to win. I just want him to stay in the promotion a little bit longer and try to develop more of a heel persona and just see where it takes him because he's a very naturally gifted pro wrestler, no matter how bad we don't want to say that. True. Agree. It's going to be Logan Paul, but I'm going to ask the important question. How badly did your blood boil, Ryan? I know you're a Ricochet fan, just like me. How hot were you when that dastardly Logan Paul dragged in your beloved Samantha, the ring announcer, into this story? This happy couple with the greatest ring announcer of all time on one side and this transcendent superstar on the other side. How could you do that? What a bastard. 
What a bastard. Oh, boy. That is just going to... Oh, I don't know how Ricochet is going to recover having to listen to his girlfriend announce Logan Paul as the winner at SummerSlam. <laughs> that was good. She'll go, like yeah, that. the winner, Logan Paul. That's probably how it'll go. I mean, she <laughs> has this little special... Chelsea Green deal going on where she has this little bubbly announce for her. And then who else? Oh, Gunther, where she spits all over the place. <laughs> yep. So. Um, all right. I think the only thing we haven't covered is the SummerSlam Battle Royal, who pretty much everyone's picking LA Knight to win this. They got him on the card. You know, they continue to. And not really push this guy, despite, as we talked about on the show last week, him selling tons of merch, occupying mm. most of the top five spots on WWE shop. Again, hmm. <laughs> drop ball, hmm. Justin. Hmm. Weird. Apparently, they do have plans for him. They are just waiting for the moment to move forward with that. I would be Which, of the mindset to strike while the iron's hot, personally, Justin. Yeah, I understand them not wanting to heat him up too quickly if they're if they actually have plans whether you know if that's possibly a world title you'd assume that would mean a switch to raw to get it off of rollins but with 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 what you said yeah i mean like with you said strike while the iron's hot putting him in a battle royal is not doing that this feels very much and believe me I am not as into LA Knight as everybody else. So I'm not trying to compare him to Steve Austin, but this feels like, uh, what was it? Austin versus Yokozuna at SummerSlam. <laughs> Pretty show. At, yeah. At, yeah. yeah. A- after the, the 316 promo at King of the Ring. This feels very much like that on a much lower level. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe you, you start things with the Battle Royal win here. Yeah, it's just been really weird to watch this play out as this guy has all this popularity and is making all this money. But, I mean, things I've heard is that there was some skepticism about pushing him because there was some people he kind of rubs the wrong way backstage. I mean, what wrestler can you not say that about that becomes a top star? But uh, I, I know that that has been in their mind a little bit on pushing him. But apparently it's coming. I keep hearing this. It's coming. They're just waiting to move forward. Jesse, what do you think? I'll ask this question. Is it beneath Randall Keith Orton to reemerge in a battle royal? Yeah, I think so. There's got to be a better spot for that. I do agree. Yeah. His tag team partner is being completely thrown down to the bottom of the card and for good reason right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, outside of that, it'd have for him to reemerge would have to be in some maybe in this bloodline story as an opponent to Roman later on, keep him occupied there. Cause I, I had this, I was going to just go with this out of the box left field that Randy Orton be just somehow becomes a mystery entrant in this thing and wins it. But the obvious answer here is LA Knight. Mm-hmm. I think Chad Gable's in this thing too. Nakamura, just a, a bunch of names from yeah. from yesteryear that we would have loved to have pushed at some point in time and hold a world title but yeah it's it's la night's time so we'll just see what happens with that from here justin you made the analogy absolutely perfect i was gonna throw that in there about him austin and yokozuna wrestling in august 
after the fact, like what in the world do we do after you, he just basically marketed himself with Austin 316 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then leave it to, of course, Bret Hart to elevate him to the top of the card in November. This will make you laugh, Justin, because this just recently came up. Do you remember, boy, this was a couple of years ago on Classics. I think it was when we did Survivor Series 96. And I was talking about Brett and Sean and how you know Brett was better because he created big stars. And I specifically mentioned Steve Austin. Well, there's a clip of that on our YouTube channel, and it still does pretty high numbers. And I had this guy show up in the comments the other day, and he said Brett Hart didn't make Steve Austin jake roberts made steve austin oh my god (laughs) jesse you want to talk about bad takes and i was going back and forth with this guy he's like no 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 austin 316 and i was like jake roberts i mean like that didn't yeah he quoted the bible because of jake's thing but to say jake roberts made him that is ludicrous oh my god that is a match was awful what a horrid take right i just thought of that when you mentioned that Holy shit. How bad of a take is that? It had nothing to do with the fucking tournament. It was the promo afterwards. Yes. Come on, guy. Yeah. Oh, Jake was being carried out by two or three officials just looking broken down. Yeah. And now, it wasn't Bret Hart that established there. him as a main eventer or anything. No, wait, no, wait, wait. Jake Roberts. What was the username of this guy? Like Jake Bob the Snake? <laughs> What's not? Was it actually Jake the Snake that, that was trying to make this argument? Oh, it, it may have been. It was might it have been Grizzly Roberts eighty six. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, Damien is not dead. Six six six. Oh man! All right, so so bad. On that note, that's SummerSlam. Uh, these two guys are going to be reviewing it. I will not be on that show because I have a lot of family stuff going on this weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. I will probably not see this until late Sunday night. So keep it tuned to the SC Scoops YouTube channel. Those two are going to talk, Justin and Jesse, off air, figure out what time they're going to do it. But it's going to be Sunday at some point. I'll get it scheduled and there'll be a show page up here uh, pretty soon on SC Scoops. I'm going to turn tune in for the review. And then, of course, it'll be on the podcast feeds after that. Uh, really quick, because we're already almost an hour and 10 into this. Uh, Dynamite 200 was last night. And a couple of things I want to hit on. So the main event was the women's match. Hikaru Shida becoming two-time AEW women's champion, defeating the only other two-time AEW women's champion. And Tony Storm alluded to it before. It kind of came out of nowhere, for sure. But then throughout the broadcast, I think that they really kind of told you it was going to happen when they were talking about how, you know, she was the champion during the pandemic and she never got to do that in front of the fans. And that's what she wanted. I did say on the podcast last week that there was some sense in AEW that they wanted to reset the women's division. And that's why this kind of came out of nowhere. And I believe I also said last week that I would not be shocked if Sheeta won the title. And there we were. Uh, Jesse, did you enjoy the match? Probably not very shocked by the result. It was short. I think it was 13 minutes. I was more surprised that there was a final commercial break at 8.53. Yes, that was odd. (laughs) What? (laughs) Came back at 8.57. I'm like, how much much time are they? They're going to have to get this finished done in two minutes. And it actually overran by about, I think, three minutes. I got a little worried. I got worried. 
they got to pay for those new elite contracts somehow, man. <laughs> I got worried because they broke in and they're like, oh, Tony Khan says we're going to stay with this match as long as it takes. And I was on Bleach Report last night after the show. We had it scheduled to start five minutes after the hour. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Is this match going to go past our start time? Is the app going to work? Get this thing over with. But I thought it was a good match. Not shocked by the finish. I wouldn't have mind to see Tony Storm carry on, though. I think she's been a really good champion. She's been very entertaining throughout the summer. And so they're, they're trying something new, but I think she deserved to stay champion a while longer. She did really good stuff with that. But again, I wasn't super shocked by it. So episode one of Dynamite, you crowned your first AEW Women's Champion in Rio. And now in episode 200, you crowned your next world champion in Hikaru Shida. I'm wondering if they were a little concerned about a potential opponent for Tony Storm and all in. And maybe yeah, and they're going to try Jamie to Hater's injury really played into this direction because obviously they would have loved to have had Jamie Hader on that show and then you know you do jamie hater and tony storm perhaps and that changes the whole trajectory of what was happening make that for the title but since she's not going to be back for many many months yet this is what they did so i I think there's something to that jesse for sure yeah there isn't yeah i don't really know from a roster perspective yeah who would be able to go they'd have to bring somebody in from the outside Almost, I think, in this case, where it seems now, whether we like it or not, that I think Soraya is going to be the one that's going to get the shot at all in. Mm-hmm. Being an uh, an England native, yeah. it just makes the most sense. Agreed. Yeah, that would seem likely. Uh, we did get the all-in main event officially announced. And by the way, all-in's ticket sales update, just a couple of thousand tickets away from having the largest crowd ever at a paid wrestling show. Of course, it doesn't count what happened in North Korea back in the mid nineties. Cause that was not a paid wrestling show, but like <laughs> a show where tickets were sold uh, legitimately. This looks like it is going to have the biggest crowd of all time that we can, you know, actually substantiate because we know that at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, I think it was Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics. He actually went to the Dallas Police Department to get the real attendance number. They announced over 100,000. Uh, but because of code and everything, they have a report on how many times the turnstiles turned that night. And I, it was just over 80,000. And uh, yeah, they're they're closing in on that fast. It's, it's not, it is not all paid, of course. Some of these tickets have been given out. But I think the total attendance number was like right around 78,000 last time I checked tickets out for this show way beyond what we could have expected. And the headline match is going to be MJF defending the world title against the man himself, Adam Cole. And, you know, playing out this storyline, which is the hottest storyline in the company. They're selling tons of merchandise. It's very logical that this would be the main event. The fans are super into these guys. Jesse and I talked about this last week on what does this mean long-term? Who's going to come out at the heel uh, is baby is a babyface MJF the proper direction to go right now coming out of this? Justin, what do you think? If they actually did come out of this in the situation they laid out or that Jesse laid out last week and Cole turns heel, what would you think of a babyface MJF right now? I think MJF is so talented that he works either way. I, I'm totally into him as a baby face, face right now. It, it works. And it works storyline-wise because 
how does MJF keep winning all of his matches? Well, by cheating. You know, the low blow on, you know, Bryanson or Danielson, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you beat MJF? Well, <clears throat> you make it so that he won't cheat on you. And you do that by becoming his best friend. And that's what Adam Cole is doing. On the flip side, uh, MJF obviously works as a heel. So you can turn him at any time or, you know, make him turn on Adam Cole. I don't really like that direction just because we, you know, we saw it with Cody Rhodes. We saw it with Jericho. Uh, who, who am I forgetting here? Punk just makes him. Yeah. Punk. Thank you. Jeez. Punk Regal, I guess in a way you could make that argument. Um, that feels a little too repetitive. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, I, I think. Okay, let's talk Adam Cole slander. All Just right. for a, a brief second here. Let's do it. I, 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 What didn't work with Adam Cole for a long time, going back to NXT, is a lot of his main events are overindulgent. Too long. And more than that is he, he is a smaller guy. And he is normally a heel. And he... I want to say he works better as a heel, but we haven't truly seen him as a baby face. And that's my current conundrum is I want him to stay a baby face, but he never really worked as a heel. He always worked as the underdog baby face, even when he was the bad guy. And that was the criticism on him. I think that is the, a legit criticism on a lot of his runs to say he is a bad wrestler, or a bad professional you know, wrestler is ridiculous. He, he's obviously good at his job. This run with MJF has been highly entertaining. Uh, not only that, you know, if if you dig into the inside of wrestling at all, he is beloved. He, he is a genuine, genuinely good person. So... I think a lot of the hit, the criticism he receives is unfair. I guess is my my point here. Having said all that, I think this storyline is heading towards we're, we're going back to Adam Cole being a heel. I think he's going to be the one to turn on MJF. We're in the babyface MJF era. It could maybe be leading to MJF Punk at All Out, possibly for you know. I don't know if he can switch it somehow to get both world titles involved. I don't know. I've kind of talked myself into to circles here. I got a little how, work. How, you do this. You have Cole win the title from MJF and go heel. And then you have MJF win the title from Punk, the other title with the X on it. And then they both have world title. Perfect. And you can continue the feud as, as everybody wants. They want more Adam Cole. Yeah. That's yeah, not I, I guess the main point is, is a lot of people are upset about this being the main event. Yeah. To me, they're at the very least, we're going to get a good match. And to me, there's intrigue as to how they're going to pull this off and in what direction they're going to go. Who's going to be the heel? Who's going to be the baby face? Because frankly, I dig MJF either way. 
I, I he's going to be a top star main eventer, irregardless of what side of the the heel baby face fence he's on. Mm-hmm. I want to see an actual Adam Cole baby face run be, just because of his size and the way he wrestles promo wise, he might be a better heel. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated to see what they do here. Yeah, it's, well, you mentioned punk. Okay. So to me, if you look at this, the only other match that like heads and shoulders should main event this show would be if you're doing something with punk and the elite and mm-hmm. they're not. It's still not in the cards as of right now. So if that's off the table, clearly MGF has to be in the main event. He's the world champion. That's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense to do the match with Cole. They had a freaking phenomenal match on Dynamite, you know, before we got the tag team thing. And it is the number one story going in the promotion. So I can't fault them for making this the main event. It makes sense. Jesse. It is the correct move, and I actually think in a sneaky way, Tony Khan's doing something smart, whether it's under his power or not, and not having Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay 3 on this card, or at least it's rumored not to be, because you know that's going to upstage Cole, MJF, it's going to completely mm-hmm. just deflate that balloon, and this 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 deserves to be a main event. I think the only other thing, I mean, we haven't really seen the card, but there's there's speculation out there. And in, it was alluded to in the Elite promo last night that they are willing to go to any show yeah. and work. Dynamite. Do it, ROH, you fucking cowards. Rampage <laughs> or Collision. Mm-hmm. Which, I think there's something to that. Yes, there there most certainly is because there's a third installment of a tag match that I'm. I would like to see more build to it. I would like to see the young bucks, if this is the case, come out on collision on Saturday night. Let's get this thing started. You got a month. Let's let's get off to the races here. Whether it's back in Chicago or it's going to be over in London, but. Yeah, as much I have always found Adam Cole just a touch overrated. I think Justin hit on a lot of the points. He's always been an above average promo to me. I've never really, I didn't really think he was an above average in-ring performer. I, he really didn't start to come out for me until he became NXT champion. His matches with Gargano, whether, I mean, they were formulaic, they were really long. But that first one was still one of my all-time favorite matches from that era. Mm-hmm. And it showed another layer of, of his in-ring work. He had a couple of good matches in there with Ricochet, Malachi Black, and the like. So I, we do I, know that he can work. I would implore people to go out of your way to try and find Adam Cole versus uh, Jay Briscoe, final battle. That That was incredible and that was my first exposure to adam cole and like i had heard about him going into that show and that was part of the reason why i bought the pay-per-view when it happened and it made sense to me all the hype made sense after watching it's like okay i get it Mm -hmm. in a promotion full of phenomenal promos i would put eddie kingston mjf probably john moxley cm punk yep i could argue it's tough i really like ricky stark's promo style ricky stark's adam cole maybe battling for that fifth spot 
in the top five. But what I'm just trying to say is that in a, in, in a land full of amazing promos, Adam Cole can hold his, hold his own with anybody. Mm-hmm. So he he he's changed my mind. And the one thing I think about, we've actually completely forgotten that he came back from a concussion not that long ago. So it's, I guess it's, uh, people have forgotten. So maybe they're going to continue to forget. So maybe it'd be easier to turn him heel as opposed to keeping MJF on the heel side. I just think it's too tough to kind of stop kind of pulling the rug out from underneath us going, okay, we're going to turn him face. And nope, we're going to pull him back to the heel side. Obviously, we know he's a, t- a tremendous heel. I just think kind of like 1998 Rocky Maivia or Rock, I think he's just too good. People are going to cheer him anyway. Exactly. So just why not lean into it for a while? I mean, isn't that what the crowd was chanting in his promo is, you're our scumbag? <laughs> I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. I think, yeah, I think when it comes down to it with MJF, it'll be easier to flip him from face to heel, maybe, than heel to face. There are there always is going to be that contingent that's cheering him, for sure, but he's such a great heel that the timing has to be just right. And this storyline has been very well done, and the crowd really is into him right now, and they would buy the babyface turn right now out of him, especially with Adam Cole double-crossing him. It would put a ton of heat on Cole, as you pointed out last week, Jesse. I mean, selfishly, I love MJF as a heel, and I just want I want more of that personally. But I think logically that this scenario makes the most sense. I think Adam Cole works better as a heel, way better as a heel. I think his stature is a big part of that. I think that just the way he does look physically and him coming out and being that cocky heel, but being able to go in the ring too, I think it works great for him to be a heel. Go ahead, Jesse. He's got a touch of CM Punk to him back in Ring of Honor. Yeah. CM Punk really likes him <laughs> behind the scenes. He's a big fan. Yeah. No, so. he, he he really does. And there was a little bit of an Easter egg last night, I think, from the end of the MJF Adam Cole promo. Sorry to ruin this for you, Justin. They hugged. And Adam Cole with the nice little hard stab, kind of like stab in the back yes. with, with the hug, much like he did to Roderick Strong in yes. NXT. You turn on yeah. Roddy Strong. So... You talk about layers. This has layers. Yes, exactly. Thank you. These are real layers. (laughs) They've actually built a story that makes sense for them to go in either direction. You can see it. Yeah, that's why it's so intriguing. Go either way. Again, why it's a great call to be the main event. We've seen them have a great match before. Justin, you said in our text earlier today, when has MJF not delivered in main event? He always comes through. Adam Cole, I mean, again, as we've said, he can go. But yeah, I mean, there was even the part about the contract where he's like, you deserve, well, he teased it being heelish. You don't deserve this. And then he said, you deserve the match to be at the biggest show of all time, all in. And then he hands him the contract and Cole signs it and doesn't even read it. So, you know, if he's going, if MJF is going to be a heel, he screws him with some stipulation in there or something. He wasn't smart enough to look at the contract. There's that layer to the story too. They, I mean, they have very intriguing directions to go out of this. I'm totally into it. It's the best thing on the program. Yeah, it's incredible. Like I said, Adam Cole has been one up on MJF this entire time. So hopefully it, it hopefully stays that way. Imagine not ordering one of the biggest and most important wrestling pay-per-views of all time because of one match. Because of one guy. You guys got to order this. I mean... Hey, I do think it's a tough sell to have two pay-per-views <laughs> in a week, though. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, well, it sounds like they might they might kind of try and bundle it in some way. I thought. I hope so. I yeah. That. 
Um, I know there had been some talk about it. Yeah. Real quick. I, I've been wanting to throw this in since uh, Jesse brought up Will Ospreay. Did, have you guys heard about his rumored op- uh, opponent? Yes. That's like almost worst case scenario, right? For using Will Ospreay? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, that, that guy has worked with every top level New Japan performer. Mm-hmm. Started with Omega and Tanahashi and Okada and Naito. So Osprey is the only one left on that list. True. True. Yeah. You probably would have liked to have seen something different out of a guy that can do what Will Osprey can do, but it's not going to be that kind of a match. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a <laughs> match with Pack. I mean, I, I know that they're kind of heels. Oh. They're both heels, but geez, you want some fireworks to go off. Yeah. But that might upstage MJF and Adam Cole. So maybe don't do that. Yeah. Uh, we got RVD coming out on Dynamite last night. Uh, we had talked whoa, last whoa, week whoa. about. Yeah, Mo- most importantly, RVD coming out to respect from Pantera. That fucking ruled. Yeah. Yep. He, po- you know, Tony Khan always going to pony up the money for the real music, which is pretty awesome. You know, he's a real fan at heart, as we always say. He'll he'll pay the money, whatever it is, to get it done. So we got him. We kind of had alluded to this last week as well about Jack Perry having this feud with the ECW originals and kind of hinting that this might be the direction they go. A guy that you haven't seen in a long time on the national stage anyways that can still go that has history with Jerry Lynn. And they're going to be doing this apparently next week. But this could this could drag out a little while as well. We'll see. We'll see what happens with this one. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? What do you think of the Nick Wayne beat down in his own home ring with all that blood? I thought that was pretty spectacular personally. Tremendous bit of business there from those guys. I, yeah. I'm all in on this. I hate the name Mogul Embassy. I think that's kind of lame, but, but mm-hmm. I love that faction. I love Swerve and I'm really digging this, uh, feud with Darby and Nick Wayne. Yeah. It's going to give AEW a little bit of a face problem. A lot of their compelling people are heels. Mm-hmm. So we got to, that's why I think that's why it'd be great for MJF to become a face and then have him, have him stay as AEW champion because there's so many heels to work with. If you're going to flip Ricky Starks, you can always revisit that. I would love Swerve to be a nice little contender in there. I think my unfortunate dream scenario, Betty Kingston challenging mjf wouldn't necessarily come to fruition but hey you can't have everything yeah a lot of good wrestling happening a lot of good wrestling on tap this week and we got collision coming up with your with your man ricky starks challenging cm punk ricky steamboat as the guest referee of the show going of course head to head with SummerSlam. we've got uh ftr taking on cage and big bill we got statlander and mercedes martinez they claimed they're going to be on the show on Saturday night as well. So no shortage of professional hey, wrestling to watch in the next few days. Yes. Jesse, how about for our, our SummerSlam review that we'll do on Sunday? How about we just talk about collision the entire time? <laughs> uh, I secretly like this Brian Cage, Big Bill duo. Yeah. yeah. They stumbled into something. Yeah. 
Yeah, we will. Well, we'll be breaking it all down. I wouldn't be surprised to hear you guys talk about it a little bit on the SummerSlam show, depending on what time you record, if you'll have time to watch both shows or not. That would be the key right there. Yes, yeah. it absolutely would be. Because trying to get through, what would that be? Three and a half. So probably be five hours of yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Stuff to do. Yeah. Well, this is what's on the horizon. So you guys will be carrying the load on a Sunday. We'll be recording classics next week as well. So good content coming for you. We appreciate you being along for the ride. And I think that's the agenda, you guys. Any closing comments for you heading into the weekend? Anyone, anything we didn't get to that you wanted to mention, Justin? No, I just wanted to say uh, happy to have you, Jesse. This yes. has been an ab- absolute pleasure, and, and I'm looking forward to many more podcasts. Always love talking wrestling with you. I'm in the exact same boat with the two of you. It's like I said, we we missed you. Was it already last week, Ryan? Mm-hmm. It was two yeah. weeks ago now. Jeez. Last week. Time's flying. And who, who would have thought that once the two of you were on episode 300, that starting a new era from 301 moving forward? Yeah. Well, I met you on the show last week, Justin, that he's not very far away. So more in-person podcasts could be on the horizon for us three absolutely and we know we're all going to be in chicago for all out so we'll have opportunities coming up for sure jesse anything that you wanted to hit that we didn't get to i'll make a brief gonna be some extras coming gonna go through we're gonna really crash course king of the ring fully loaded from 1998 here in an episode if a certain heat wave 98 does not win top rope nation classics in august i have found somebody that will would be more than happy to review it with me so we will review that as well on an extra okay and then of course i mentioned the cm punk samoa joe trilogy so we may have to push that one back to september just kind of a lot on the horizon yeah there is but that's good we don't have to just you know, rack our brains trying to think about something to talk about. We got a lot coming at you guys. And as he said, a lot of this is going to be on Patreon. So join the Patreon page. Stay tuned to the main feed as well. So support the SE Scoops YouTube channel. Get all your news and features this weekend. SEScoops.com. Got a lot of content going up over there. Check out uh, Zach and Tyler, the SE Scoops podcast on Tuesday nights. So we got two live shows on the SE Scoops YouTube channel coming at you every single week. Tuesday nights with those two us on Thursday nights, and then, of course, pay-per-view weeks, we'll have the extra show reviewing, uh, not extra on Patreon, but the extra flagship (laughs) reviewing the pay-per-views like we will this Sunday. All right, everybody, that's it. Episode 303 in the books. You can follow the show at Top Rope Nation on all the socials, including threads. The show is now on threads as well. You can find me at Ryan Drosty. We got at Justin Joint, J-O-Y-N-T, and Jesse, where can they find you? Jesse C. Velasquez on Twitter and Blue Sky. And of course, join the Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion Facebook group if you like to talk pro wrestling each and every day. All right, everybody, have a great weekend, and we will catch you next time. Join us Sunday. We'll see you then. Peace. Baby, my name's like a torch in a tea.